This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord, Dr. Hansen. How are you doing over there? Good, Shannon. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good tonight. Welcome aboard, everybody. It's an honor to be back tonight and simulcast with Dr. Jonathan Hansen and World Ministries International for their warning broadcast here on Saturday, October 29th, 2022. Dr. Hansen, over to you. Father God, we want to thank you for this opportunity once again. We, we bless Shannon and his efforts, Sir God, Omega Man Radio. Continue to keep them free and prosperous, protected, their God, as the enemy wants to take each and every voice of truth out around the world. And this... Ministry is so vital, so important. So just bless them in their efforts. Bless us, dear God, warning. Our programs, radio, television, shortwave, uh, social media, everything we're trying to do. Help us all to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out, to warn the nations, to do what we can to bring revival, a great restoration, to do what we can, dear God, to keep our countries is free as we can keep them free as a church rises up to protect the body of Christ and give liberty to a nation. Help us in all of these efforts. In Jesus' name, amen. Here in America, I know you're listening all over the world, but in America we have midterm elections coming out. They're important uh, for the direction of our nation. Uh, we're fighting against uh, tyranny. We're fighting against corruption, things like this. We're also going to go into a period of prayer where I represent Washington State. And we have people in every state that are going to be praying. And it'll be a 12-hour prayer time on November the 6th. And so uh, we're taking this seriously. We don't just take it for granted that we're going to have free elections. No. Uh, the last election showed us we don't have free elections. We don't have elections that are just. We have corruption. And if we don't do what we can, even in prayer, and then do what we can to monitor the places that they cast their ballots, if we don't do what we can to change the laws so they can't allow absentee ballots. They can't allow these ballots that can be manipulated and just sent in by people that are already dead or aliens that uh, are illegal in our nation. Uh, they're doing everything they can to steal elections. So we've got to do what we can, be wise, again, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, uh, 
and occupy, rule, reign, make disciples. Don't sit back and expect our prayers to bring freedom. It's not going to happen. Jesus is not coming back to set you free and do your job and make sure we have free elections. We're going to make sure or it's not going to happen. We've got to understand that too many people are just copping out. I'm just going to pray about it. They don't even vote. Let me tell you something. You're a fool. And I'm talking about the biblical definition. You don't understand the word of God. You don't understand what he tells you to do. You don't understand your responsibilities. And you want him to do your job. That's foolishness. I have two people I want you to listen to tonight running for office. Uh, I interviewed them. These are the type of people that we need in office. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Also, those that are watching, either on television or social media, welcome. In the studio today, I have Brett Rogers running for Snohomish County Prosecutor. Uh, Brett, welcome to the Warning Radio Program. Thank you very much. You know, I met you at a, a dinner for those that were running, and I was impressed. I was impressed by who you were. I was impressed by what I felt was your your heart, your integrity, your concerns. And I was impressed, most of all, uh, for your spiritual walk with the Lord. So I wanted you on this program. We're trying to help the people that would best represent uh, our values and beliefs from the Bible, which originally uh, the courts, that's where they came from, the Bible in America, and which made us the greatest nation on earth. So let me ask you something, Brett. Uh, uh, what... Once again, I, I know I said Snohomish County prosecutor, but elaborate on that. Uh, what are where are you running from? Thank you. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. This is very humbling. I'm very happy to be here. So um, I'm running for the Snohomish County prosecuting attorney. It's a countywide race. So if you live in Snohomish County, um, I'm going to be on your ballot in November. Well, I do. Good. <laughs> Why are you running? So um, I grew up in Wisconsin. I moved out to Washington in 1996. I've lived in Snohomish County since 2005. Um, I've watched Seattle deteriorate. Uh, it was once a beautiful city. I was a I worked, moved out here to work for Seattle PD. I was a police officer and wow. then a sergeant and then later lieutenant. Um, Seattle has gone downhill. The, the city has deteriorated. It's unlivable. That's why I moved up here in 2005. Crime was already getting that bad. Um, and unfortunately, too much of Seattle has come up to Snohomish County. Now, I've got three adult kids and six grandchildren, and I do not want them to grow up in the environment that we have right now. Um, things do not need to be the way they are, and we can fix it if we get the right people and the right policies. You know, that's very interesting that you used to be a Seattle police officer. Uh, it's amazing how many people are running for office that were in law enforcement, some area of law enforcement. And I just had one on yesterday, uh, a sheriff with uh, uh, Snohomish County. And uh, he's on the sheriff's department. So uh, a Bernard Moody, a sergeant with them. And I'll tell you what, good guy. But, uh, and they all have the same concerns. They see that we are losing Washington State. They see we're losing America. That uh, there seems to be a orchestrated plan 
to not only defund law enforcement, allow crime to prevail, including he brought it out, how in Olympia they seem to be orchestrating uh, their, their laws that will handcuff the police from doing their job. And Washington State is getting more and more dangerous. Uh, Brett, what did he say about that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, what the things that are happening nationally are occurring locally, even if they don't call it that. Uh, you may know that um, in Illinois, there's a new law that will be taking effect at the beginning of the year where uh, they've es- essentially eliminated bail for a number of serious offenses. Kidnapping, for example. Somebody could kidnap your child, they get caught, they will be released from jail without bail. There are similar um, policies and laws in effect in San Francisco, Baltimore, places like that. People would like to think that that's not happening here, and I think they're mistaken. We don't have an official law or policy, but if you take a look at what's going on right now in the Snohomish County Prosecutor's Office, they've allowed a massive backlog of felony cases to occur. I believe it's in excess of 4,000. Wow. Um, They also uh, quite frequently do not object to the release of suspects um, on their personal recognizance. So essentially a a, a zero bail policy, even if they don't call it that. So if I wanted to enact a policy that is going on in other parts of the country but not call it that, I might do exactly what's occurring here. Allow a backlog of cases so large to, to accumulate that you can't possibly work your way through it. So people are going to... Uh, those cases are going to run up against the statute of limitations, so people will go without punishment. Um, they're releasing offenders, sometimes violent offenders, back out on the street on their personal recognizance to uh, continue to offend, and they are. Well, it was so interesting to me that you used to be a, a uh, Seattle police officer. In fact, you rose up to lieutenant. And uh, we all watched before the presidential election, even what happened in Seattle. They called it a time of love, uh, whatever the mayor called it, where she allowed uh, people like Black Lives Matter. And, 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 you know, I'm married to an African-American and we all know and I I work with a lot of them. In fact, uh, Bernard Moody is is a a mulatto, if you want to say that, uh, part African. And uh, he understands so clearly, as well as everybody I work with, there's nothing about black concern. Uh, uh, like he said, he's a Christian. It doesn't matter white lives, uh, what other Asian lives are all just as important. But Black Lives Matter was a Marxist organization. And, and they, when, you, when you went ahead and donated, it was for the Democratic Party. And some of their people now have been under investigation for stealing the wealth. I'm talking about the leaders of the Black Lives Matter. And so they promoted nothing but violence and uh, it's so funny that they were concerned about uh, January the 6th, but they weren't concerned about they allowed violence for two years to go on in America, cities burning, people being hurt, raped and killed. And they said it's peaceful protest. Peaceful. Do you have eyes to see? It's totally violent. And they're trying to intimidate the public. And so, I mean, uh, Seattle turned into this, this, if you want to say, sad condition because we had socialists and communists on the city council and, and, and the mayor and others that were allowing it to happen. This should have never happened. So this is why you moved out of there, is it, Brett? Correct, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And if I could just, um, I guess you, what you brought up 
is going to allow me to steer to, a, I think, a very important point in my race. Um, my opponent has on several occasions uh, said that he's going to use his prosecutorial discretion to best serve our diverse communities. Now, that's not the way our, our country's set up. That's uh, right. Lady, Lady Justice wears a blindfold for a reason. Um, we have equal, we're guaranteed equal protection under the law. To me, that means everybody should be held to the same standard of conduct, regardless of what you look like, where you're from, what your native tongue is. And the flip side of that coin is everybody should have uh, the same access to justice if you're a crime victim. Again, doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from, your education level, we should all be treated equally. Good. And that brings me up now uh, to this question. What issues will you focus on? So my main issues are public safety, uh, transparency, and accountability. Crime is off the charts right now. Uh, when I first entered this race in January, there were still people kind of hemming and hawing and saying, well, crime isn't really that bad. The data doesn't bear it out. Well, you don't need to see data. All you need to do is see your catalytic converter being stolen from your driveway or open up the newspaper, turn on the TV. Crime really is that bad, and it's getting worse. Um, transparency. Uh, right now, the uh, prosecuting attorney's office is not very transparent about the work that it does. Um, the public has no idea how many cases they're taking in, how these cases are being disposed of. Uh, in fact, I don't believe that they would have disclosed the uh, the significant backlog that has occurred if it if previous reporting hadn't been done about the backlog in King County, um, and that encouraged local. Um, reporters to uh, to inquire into the Snohomish County. And then finally is accountability. I believe that accountability is for everyone. Um, elected officials, um, members of the public, accountability is for everybody. Every. When I was with the uh, Seattle PD, I conducted internal investigations for four years. Um, I investigated fellow police officers because accountability is for everyone. If somebody steps out of line, they need to be held accountable. Now, sometimes that's just retraining. Sometimes they, you know, they need to be fired. Um, but that is the, what I'm going to bring uh, to this to this position is this notion that accountability is for everybody. Again, everybody's going to be treated the same, treated fairly, treated equally. But in the, at the end, they will be held accountable. Excellent. Why is your race important? I don't think people uh, realize just how important this race is to their day-to-day -day lives. It, it, my race is pretty far down the ballot, so please don't get fatigued as you're, as you're filling in the boxes. Um, it is up to the prosecuting attorney's office to set the policy and decide how, how tough we're going to be on crime, how vigorously we're going to enforce the law. It doesn't matter how hard law enforcement works and how many arrests they make if the prosecutor doesn't then follow through and file charges and attempt to get convictions on, on, on good cases. Um, so it is, it is vitally important. Um, uh, the prosecutor's office the prosecutors are the one that argue for bail when suspects go before judges. If they don't do a good enough job painting a picture to allow a judge to set a reasonable bail, oftentimes they're going to be released on, on, a, on a pittance and or no bail at all. And then, of course, there's sentencing. It's up to the prosecutor to argue before the judge why, why a, at that point, convicted person deserve, uh, should receive a sentence that they deserve. If the prosecutor does not take the time to do that, um, the, the, the suspect, the, the, the convicted person, will be sentenced to the low end of the spectrum. And Olympia has already watered down our criminal laws enough as it is. Um, it's getting to the point that people are just getting slaps on the wrist. It, it, they, they, don't, they don't feel that sting. They don't learn the lessons. So they get out and they continue their criminal ways. I've never seen Washington State or, frankly, all of the states in America as, as um, concerned as right now. So many people are concerned uh, they have good reason, as you said. There is violence, lawlessness seemingly everywhere. 
and they, they leave one area to go to uh, another area, unless that area is run by good leadership, all of a sudden that area becomes dangerous. You left Seattle and now you're concerned what's happening in Snohomish County. So, I mean, people are concerned what's going on, and rightfully so. I mean, if we want uh, a state in which we can be safe, and I know a lot of people are moving out, we have got to elect righteous people, good people that understand the importance of law. I know running for office is hard work. It's hard on you. It's hard on your family. What keeps you motivated? What keeps me motivated, again, is my grandchildren. Um, I recognize just how bad things have gotten and just how much worse things could get. And again, this is not the world that I want to leave to my grandchildren and their grandchildren as well. Um, we've got a very, very narrow window to uh, right the ship. We're we're trending in the wrong direction and we're, and we're going in the wrong direction fast. So what keeps me motivated is that. Um, I believe that the Lord has called me to this to take on this role. Um, this uh, politics isn't something that I'm naturally comfortable with, but I saw a need. Um, no Republican has even run in this position for this position in the last 20 years. So wow. we have seated, the Republican party has seated this seat to the Democrat party. And it didn't appear that uh, anybody was going to run this year. And I was right. If I had not gotten in the race and this isn't to pat myself on the back, if I hadn't entered the race, my Democrat opponent would have been elected because he would have been the only person on the ballot. That is a travesty. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to stand behind people, good people, that will take up, if we want to say the cross, and fight this battle. Because it is an ugly field as far as politics. There's so much ugly gossip and slander, lies that go on. I know it's hard on families. I, I work with a lot of good politicians. It's hard on their families. And uh, just like it is for a, a true minister of the gospel, I mean, they get attacked. But uh, should people who don't live in your district that you're running in care about this race? Absolutely. Um, crime is a regional issue. Uh, you know, criminal offenses don't stop at the city limits anymore or the county line. Um, uh, newly, Fairly newly elected uh, Seattle City Attorney Ann Davison a while back came up with a, a list of frequent utilizers. And uh, I got a copy of that list. And I looked into it, and of the 118 people that, that uh, City Attorney Davison identified, 14% of those have had criminal cases in Snohomish County. So there, it, it, crime is a regional issue. And of those, I think that number is probably much higher because those are people who have only had cases. We don't know how many uh, on, on that list were arrested but not charged or maybe committed a crime and didn't get caught. So I think that number is, is, is considerably higher. So... Uh, like I said, crime is a regional issue. We need to get good people in prosecutor roles all throughout the region because we can have a compounding effect, uh, right? There, there's a relatively small number of people that commit the vast majority of crimes. If we can focus on them, we can we can knock down the crime rate, I, I think, fairly quickly. Well, I, I think you're right. Uh, can Republicans, again, win in Washington state? I think so. Um, this crime, crime cuts across... Uh, all boundaries. It uh, doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, you can be a victim of crime. doesn't matter the color of your skin. Um, it doesn't matter where you're from. Crime is affecting everyone. And as I said, it, it's, it's getting worse. So uh, it shouldn't be a political issue. 
I've had a number of people uh, while I'm on the campaign trail um, come up to me and tell me that they were either uh, relatively recently Democrats, but now they're not anymore. Maybe they don't identify as Republican, but they are no longer Democrats. I've had people come up to me and tell me that they were voting for some Democrat candidates, but they were voting for me because they recognized that crime is such an important issue. They believe that I was the right person for the job, and and they recognized that um, something needed to be done. That uh, the the status quo isn't isn't working for anyone. Well, you're you're right, and uh, I've also not only heard and talked to, but read where leading Democrats are leaving their party. Because they say this is not the Democratic Party anymore. They, they've said this is communism. This is promoting nothing but violence. And, and they're tearing America apart, tearing people apart. Uh, you've heard about this, haven't you? I've read about it. Leading Democrat leaders are leaving the party. Brett? Yeah, I believe Tulsi Gabbard came out. She just did. Yeah, last day or two. Um, yeah, leading Democrats are 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 leaving, or they're being left. The Democrat Party has shifted so far left; they're leaving. They're leaving solid people behind. Um, you know, I I'm old enough to remember blue dog Democrats, people that were reasonable that were in the Democrat Party. Um, the today's Democrat Party is it, it's it's unrecognizable. It's back to the days of say JFK. Oh, JFK, JFK. Would not be a Democrat today. No. You know, uh, he, he was for America. And in fact, he was so much for America and trying to expose people that were destroying America. And not only that, but, but over America to take away our freedoms that he was assassinated. In fact, he was trying to get us out of the Federal Reserve. He understood uh, what is really an enemy of America. And he loved America. And he was killed for it, Brett. Yeah, you know, it, it, loving America and putting your country first didn't used to be controversial, and so it's very unfortunate that it is now. Yeah, I, I you know, I was actually an independent Republican back then, but uh, uh, he, I, I, it didn't bother me too much because he was pretty pro-America. Ask not what you can do for your, uh, what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And then to put his life on the line to try to keep America free from outside influence and from the world elite. I mean, that doesn't happen too much. Uh, I know some people are trying it today and we got to pray for their protection. And uh, I think that those running today, all of them that I've interviewed, good men. And uh, I believe that they will, they will and are putting their life on the line because I'll tell you what, uh, the enemies of this nation, they hate uh, righteous leaders. They hate, if I want to say, uh, true Christians. And uh, they're trying to remove God and the morality of God out of America, Brett. They're trying to topple the republic. Your opinion? Yeah, uh, I, I can't argue with that. Everywhere you look, uh, our institutions are being destroyed. Um, we, you know, People second are second-guessing elections now, um, sometimes with good good reason um our court system is is in shambles we have uh justices uh that used to uh keep their personal beliefs close to the vest are now opining on matters that aren't before them um maybe all the facts aren't before them um so it, it really is a coordinated attack on our american institutions and unless we get the right people and the right policies in. And even then, it's going to be an uphill battle. But uh, we're, we're perilously, perilously close, I think, to losing it all. Well, you're exactly right. Again, uh, 
what parts of the state make up your area again? Once again, um, running for Snohomish County Prosecuting Attorney. It's a countywide office. So if you if are if you're a registered voter in Snohomish County, I will be on your ballot. If you are not a registered voter and you are legally able to do so, please please register. Um, we've got far too many people that sit on the sidelines. Far too many Christians either do not uh, are not registered or do not vote for whatever reason. Um, this nobody is coming to save us. We have to do this ourselves. Well, you're right. And so uh, the most important issues that you're going to address are what? Again, most important issues all deal with public safety. Um, we need to focus on the most, uh, uh, the most violent offenders, again, the most prolific offenders. I mentioned if we take a regional approach to our most prolific offenders, we can, uh, we can, we can knock down a significant amount of, of lawlessness. Um, fentanyl. Uh, our wide open southern border, southern border um, is allowing fentanyl to just pour into the area. Um, we need to have a much more firm uh, response to that. It, we're not talking about uh, you know a, a recreational drug anymore. This is a weapon. This is this has been weaponized against our people, and by failing to act, our, our government is complicit in this. So we really do need to take a, a much tougher stance against fentanyl. Just as a real quick example, um, about two weeks ago, a, a, a significant, significant level drug dealer was caught in Snohomish County with over half a million dollars in cash on them. And the bail was set at some ridiculous amount. I don't want to misspeak, but it, it may have only been $10,000. So I ask you, if a drug dealer gets caught with a half a million dollars in cash, how difficult is it that going to be for them to raise 10 grand to get out of jail. And that's what happened. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you what, um, as I was interviewing another, uh, a sergeant for uh, Snohomish County yesterday, and um, he was telling about a case where the laws have been so uh, uh, changed in Olympia to give these people free hand that, uh, and stop their ability to arrest them, that even in hot pursuit, he was dying, dialing 911 and saying, hey, they're not supposed to do this. Yeah, I've heard about that as, as well. And, you know, there, I think there's uh, as bad as the, the actions that Olympia took were, I, I think there are still things that we can do. I think that some of our local law enforcement may be, may be getting bad legal advice. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've seen on TV or read reports of, of instances where um, officers come, ac come upon a person slumped over the wheel. Uh, they wake up and they take off, maybe ramming police police vehicle along the way and they escape and the police think there's nothing they can do well as in most situations when in most laws there are exceptions and there is an exception in the non-pursuit law to um, a reasonable suspicion of of driving under the influence so i would like to think that if, if you're properly trained as an officer if you come up upon somebody slumped over the wheel and not given that type of situation and they suddenly wake up uh, there's a there's I think it's reasonable that they could be under the influence, especially get, the level of drug use we have out there. So I think officers could be doing more if they had more public support and better legal guidance. So you would you would do your best to educate uh, uh, the officers to make sure they understood what what they can do and they don't uh, uh, stop what they should be doing. And, and they'll know that you are behind them, you are backing them, and you will, you will prosecute who they arrest. Absolutely, yes. Um, how can people help you in this race? 
Um, as I said, please register. Please vote. Your vote is vital. Um, please don't sit on the sidelines. This is this is probably the most consequential election of our lifetimes. I know people say that a lot this year. It happens to be true. I believe it. Um, I could really use some financial assistance. I know uh, times are tough. I hate asking for money. Inflation is, is biting a lot of people. They can go to votebrettrogers.com. There's a donate button. Every little bit helps. Uh, 25 bucks here or there uh, will we'll go a long way helping to spread the message. So that would be, what, brett at votebrettrogers.com? That's my email. If you just go to the votebrettrogers.com website, there's a donate button they can click on. And they could send you something uh, at brett at votebrettrogers.com. Yeah, please. Uh, anybody has any questions, shoot me an email. Uh, I'm as responsive as I can be. I'd love to hear from people, hear what their concerns are, and I, I answer people personally. Again, we've had Brett Rogers running for Snohomish County prosecutor. Uh, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. And uh, I, I, let me tell you, we need justice. We need, again, uh, people in office that will take their God-given job seriously and actually uh, give us an opportunity to, to live in freedom, to live in peace, not with so much fear. I mean, people are afraid, Brett. Yes. They're afraid in America. They've, they have reason to. Yeah, and yeah. they're leaving different areas because they're afraid. Yep. And, and again, you left Seattle, and uh, you're in Snohomish County, and, and you're seeing, again, people move up here, and uh, the concern is there again. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, do what you can. Brett Rogers, uh, Snohomish County prosecutor. I'll tell you what, I'd love to see him in office. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of... World Ministries International. I want to welcome you, whoever is watching this warning television program, also warning radio if you're listening to it or shortwave or on social media. Welcome. I wrote an article that went out saying it's now time. What does that mean? That means our nation is in crisis. We have bad leadership, lawlessness is everywhere. They're, they're destroying the economy. It is now time to save America before we go beyond the point of no return. When literally we're bankrupt and our enemies attack us. It is now time. I have with me today a sergeant, Snohomish County Sheriff's Department. Previously, he's also been in the Marines. And he's running for Washington State Senate. That's the state of Washington. Both U.S. Congress as well as our state capitals. We need good leadership. In Washington State, our leadership, frankly, is horrible. The people in Washington are suffering immensely. Gas prices are the highest in the nation. Crime is surging out of control. People are moving out of different cities like Seattle. It's now time. Bernard Moody, again, a sergeant. He actually spoke in my chapel at World Ministries International. Strong man of faith. Sergeant Moody, welcome back to the Warning Program. Thank you, sir. You've been on my radio program. You've been in my chapel speaking. Now you're in my television program. 
Frankly, I told you that you must have favor because <laughs> I've never given a candidate or, or an incumbent three times. Um, but I'll tell you what, I've talked to you personally. I like you very much. I like your faith. And uh, I want you to tell our people watching right now and listening a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for the triple blessings that you've given me. I definitely feel that uh, the Lord has opened up some doors of opportunity. Um, as I wrote in my uh, intro on my website, you know, a lot of people would think that I, I might have come from a disadvantaged background and you know, I didn't have a father. You know, my, my mom was really young when I was born. And, um, and she lived in a time where, you know, racial divide was, was pretty intense back in the 60s, or 59, 60. And, um, and she was a white lady, and uh, she was only 14 years old. Had, a <clears throat> birth, had my father, uh, from a former a Marine himself, uh, probably at least six or seven years older than her, at least. And so by today's standards, that would have been defined as a child molester. And uh, so as so soon as he found out that she was pregnant, you know, denied any relationship with her and just left her to fonder. Unfortunately, he uh, got in trouble back in those days. If you broke your promise, they even had the term called uh, breach of promise. If you uh, engaged yourself to some young lady and you didn't follow through with it, you could actually get in trouble for it. Wow. Wow. And uh, so he was in the military, so he got in trouble. And so she proved that they had a relationship and, um, and that they, you know, more likelihood back in there, they didn't have the advanced technologies we got today with blood tests and all that stuff, but um, at least not available to the, the general public. But um, I grew up in that type of home, that type of environment. I grew up in a world where I was taught to, you know, because I was black or because I wasn't Caucasian, um, that, you know, um, you know, I'm less than or, you know, everyone hated me. And, um, and, you know, and I always had this heart where it's like, you know, I, I, want, I, I sought that approval, sought some, some type of connection, couldn't find it. So, you know, I, I look forward in things. And uh, at a very young age, we're talking like 10 years old, you know, I'm getting involved with, um, you know, things that uh, some people today would call the occult, you know, it was like horoscopes and, you know, I was very fascinated with science fiction and, you know, I loved Star Trek and, you know, I always wanted to, you know, uh, travel away from the planet. And, um, but, you know, those, those hungers kind of kept me in a place where I was able to um, seek something outside of myself. And, and that was for me, you know, I think the, you know, the, the hunger that the Lord put in me, you know, to find him. Because I, I, I remember as a young child, I always had that feeling like I wasn't, uh, um, I'm not home. In that wherever it was that I was at, it, it just like, this is not home. I mean, and where am I supposed to be? And, um, and it wasn't until I actually uh, I came to it, that personal um, commitment of faith with Jesus Christ and learned that he was my Savior and that um, I needed a Savior first and then that he was already working to prepare that path. And then when I just simply asked him to do that, I started to find out that, you know what, I'm, I feel at home now. And... Um, and so I took that, that hunger and joined the military. And the military at the age of 17 really in, gave me the, the grounding and the foundation that I really needed that I didn't have as a father or from a father. And, um, and quite honestly, my mom and her sisters um, and brother really didn't think I was going to make it. 
And, um, but, you know, I, I ended up completing my service. My, my, I actually stayed in almost five years and, um, and had to delay entry thing. And, you know, from there, and I got into a relationship, got married, got, uh, had a child. And uh, I knew that my passion was I wanted to do for my child what my dad didn't do for me. And so I started to develop this work ethic of where I wanted to make where I was better because I was there. I wanted to reach out to those that were, you know, rejected and to those that didn't have um, that acceptance that I know. And I always ha- always made friends with the guys that would be considered the oddball or, you know, the one that was just left out or known, out of the circle, out of the group. And uh, so I'd, I'd always befriend them. So it was kind of funny because I was like, you know, six foot tall and I'd always hang out with these guys that were like, you know, four foot something or another. And, and <laughs> I was, it was really a Laurel, Laurel and Hardy type of, um, of, of setup. But, you know, I, I found from there there was a compassion that I had in my heart for others at a very young age. Um, I didn't realize that the desire that I had to want to be accepted was something that I found that many people in the world have also. And so I started to just, you know, reach out to those and started to be friends to them. You know, the scripture says anyone, anyone that wishes to be a friend must, or anyone wishes to be friendly should have, be friendly. And if you want a friend, be a friend. And um, and so I, I was that um, I joined the military and got out and then I got into um, uh, the, the correctional field working in the prisons. And I started to learn that people just because they're broken or they had a hard time or they went through a difficulty does not mean they're worthless and doesn't mean we need to throw them away. And I identified with, you know, being that class of throw away. And so um so that's what started my passion for being able to uh, help others. And, um, and then I found that, you know, serving in the military, serving in, in the prison system. And then I moved over here to uh, Snohomish County where I got a job with the Snohomish County Corrections. And I started to uh, work. And I remember the scripture, Psalms 91 is my life verse. And I love the whole psalm, but just that one verse in there that says, Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the, re- the reward of the wicked. And then I realized that, you know what, hey, I am only with my eyes. I'm beholding the reward of the wicked. Yes. And I started to reach out and started to use that as a ministry. I believe that our vocation is a ministry. You don't have to just go to Africa to be a missionary. You can be a missionary to your next door neighbor. And um, so and we should. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I just started to have that heart. And so I just started to serve. I wanted to make where I was better because I was there. And I wanted to whatever it was that needed to be improved. That was where I, I felt that we needed to work. And so um, right now we're living in a time where uh, truth is just uh, it, it, it's, it's almost like the scripture says in the end days, the, you know, good will be evil. And evil would be good because <clears throat> you can have any weird evil perversion that you might want and you can now declare it. Um, and, and then everyone in the world is supposed to bow down and, and, and be a part of your hallucination, you know, in, in other words. And so I, I see that, you know, we, we have a, a, a place for truth that needs to be in our political arena. A lot of people keep saying that, you know, the church doesn't need to be involved in, in politics. But I dare say that politics came from the church. Our laws, our constitutions came from the Judeo-Christian ethics that, that, that based our country and started us on the right path. You're right. 
And it was because good men stepped down, turned off that light, that darkness was able to come in. Well, originally, if you wanted to run and be a politician, 11 out of the 13 colonies, you had to say Jesus Christ was your Lord, your Savior, and your God. And the Bible was used in the courts Mm -hmm. for morality, justice, and ethics. Yes, definitely. Uh, Our background, our history. In fact, uh, even they asserted different leaders that uh, this nation was a Christian nation and it had to elect Christian leaders. Absolutely. Wow. And so you're right, the the, the bonding, the moral fabric. uh, when, When we get back to that reality and don't throw away uh, the reality of, of the morality and values of God, we will succeed. And, and I think that's why you're running again. Uh, Washington State has got way away from the reality of God. We have bad leadership in Olympia that is frankly making this nation and, and this state, let's say, this state fall apart. Mm-hmm. Is that why you were running? Yes. Well, originally back in 2020, um, I got a I got a I got a call, literally a phone call, and uh, somebody asked if I would be willing to run um, in in a race that didn't have the current person that was appointed to that seat, didn't have anyone challenging, and um, and so uh, my friend just knew that because I had these conservative values, and I was a minority, and I was in law enforcement. And, you know, I was articulate enough to be able to, you know, get my point across. It thought I was a perfect fit. And uh, so it introduced me to a council member. They got me pointed in the right direction. And uh, so I, I joined, found some people that came alongside, gave me some, uh, some support. And, um, and, the, and the thing that I've learned is the people that I've met, <clears throat> that my desire is just to try to maintain what we got so we can pull a few from the fire. Um, you know, I, I really hate to say it, but, you know, um, the end of the book says that there's going to be some bad times coming for us. That's right. Us. That's right. You know, and, um, and the only thing that I think we need to do now is to save as many as we can, to be the light as to as many as we can, and to be able to bring them into a place of revelation. Um, I was talking to a, a lady in the gym who knew that I'm running for office and she says, well, you know, you're a nice guy, but I just can't vote for you. And I'm like, well, then how come? And then so we started talking about some reasons why. And, you know, of course, the abortion issue was was one of them. And and I told her, I said, you know, I dare say I'm more pro-choice than you are. And, um, and then she kind of paused a little bit. And I, and I told her why. I says, in order to choose, in order to have a choice, in order to be pro, you know, pro-choice, you have to be able to have an opportunity to do something different. So right now, if we listen to the, you know, the people that are so-called pro-choice, they, all they want to do is kill their babies. That's all they want to do. And yes. they call it their woman's rights, yeah. a woman's right to, to do that. And I keep saying, well, then where's the choice? You know, and um, so she wanted to bring up some, she made some comment that I, I knew that was just a talking point in the, in the media. And I told her, I said, well, what is it that we want to do? Do we want to have less abortions or more? And of course, they would probably say, well, yes, absolutely less. Then I'm like, well, then let's try to figure out how we can prevent the pregnancy. Why aren't we talking, why have we taken sex and made it so cheap, or so much of a thrill? It's kind of like a, you know, the, 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 the what do you call it, the, uh, the cap of a good night 
you know, a good time out on the on the town, you know, pain in the town where they always would end up with getting lucky. And I'm like, well, that's cheapening the value of what the intimacy of two fleshes becoming one was all about. And then that child that would be produced from a comic, you know, from that uh, that relationship would be the, the physical bond of that love expressed. And so, you know, she started to realize that, yeah, that was, you know, that that would be make that would make more sense. And then so that's what I, I, I really would would stress the message that, you know, right now the other side is, you know, screaming about how if conservatives get into office that, you know, we're going to bring back slavery. You know, I mean, that's not what they're saying, but that's their stress, you know, their emotional stress. So I just sit there and try to tell people, I says, you know what? No, we need to choose life because in choosing life, we will find the ability to live. And we are creating a culture of death. You know, we celebrate Halloween, which I dare say I call it, should call it Halloween, you know, because it's nothing but hell. It's the glorification of death, the glorification of horror, the glor- you know, the, the thrill of being scared. Well, I can tell you something, the spirit of fear is not something that you really want to have a hold of you. And right now, I believe our country, and I dare say our world, is in that grip of fear. They just think that if they go outside, they're going to die. They're going to, if they get too close to people, they're going to die. And that, that's not the truth. You know, God has created us to be interactive with one another. And he wants us to have that, that ability to be able to love and to be able to enjoy and to be able to see the things that he's created for us to be able to behold and enjoy. And the, the intimate relationship that we would have between a couple is being just bastardized because every form of, you know, diversion, perversion and diversion is, is just being celebrated as if, you know, now they dare say, you know, two men can, or a man can be pregnant. And I'm like, I know what they mean, that there is a person who is choosing to be man, but is a biological woman. And she will get pregnant. And of course, then it would be like, you know, a man being pregnant. But I'm like, no, you're still a woman. You have ovaries, you have a womb, you know, and it takes the same interaction in order to create that life. And so it just seems like we're being attacked from every angle. Well, like you said, from the beginning, uh, this world is turned upside down and insanity seems to be the rule of the day. As I interview one person after another, uh, they, they, they want to put, they want to get into the battle so they can bring sanity back. They're, they're people of faith. They realize that uh, four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent and dividing the land of Israel. They understand this is a direct attack on God himself. And when you remove God, you're subject, as, as, you, as you stated, to demonic forces, mm-hmm. to evil men that persecute the righteous. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are in a desperate need nationally and through the states to put good men and women that understand who God is, have faith in their creator, and so we can get back where God blesses us and we don't fall under the science of judgment with evil men persecuting us. <clears throat> I mean, right now, Jay Inslee of the state of Washington cooperating with Biden They're destroying the nation. They're destroying every state that cooperates with that insanity, trying to topple the republic and bring communism on us. Mm -hmm. You're a sergeant. My background is law enforcement. I was also in the sheriff's department, a sniper. I understand exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And good men and women are concerned. And that's why a lot of righteous men and women like yourself, 
I've interviewed a lot of people that are in the sheriff's department, different agencies, mm -hmm. police department that are running right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, the they, sheriff himself. Yes, because <laughs> they understand it's now time. It is. It is now time. It is. Sergeant Moody, continue. Wake up, because now is the time. And if we sleep this time, we're not going to have the ability to choose or to get out of it again. Because once you get this, there's a saying that you can only vote socialism in once. And once it gets in, it entrenches itself into everything and it keeps itself in power. And it does everything that's not, I say this often, that conservatives tend to have a line that they will not cross. You know, there's a morale, there's a moral um, a line that they will not, you know, break. However, the left are atheistic, so therefore they don't have any accountability to God, so therefore there is no right and wrong to them. And then it's all about what they feel like. You know, if they feel like a woman today, then they want to be a woman. If they feel like they you know, want to go out and destroy some monuments, then everything seems to be okay because they want to use the right for free speech when they want to use it for their intent to tear down something. And uh, But that's not what the right of speech, free speech was all about. And or the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Well, the right to bear arms was so that you can keep yourself protected from the government. Not from your neighbor, so to speak, but from the government itself. So that government cannot do to you what they were doing back in the 1700s. That's exactly right. The right to bear arms is not to go squirrel hunting. That's right. Or deer hunting. That's right. It's to protect yourself from a tyrannical government because that's how we had our freedom we came under tyranny once. We broke away from that type of rulership and we said never again. That's right. We the people. We the people. Uh, you know, I like what you got here. I want to make the system work for the people I serve. That's Defend right. the innocent. Stand up for the righteous. Promote the common good. Right. I mean, I, I looked at this, what you've got. It, this is good, Bernard. And uh, why don't you tell them again what exactly position you're running for? Well, <clears throat> I'm running for state senate, which is District 38, and I do have an opponent. She's been in office. She got appointed last um, to fulfill the un unfulfilled portion of uh, the Senate seat where the previous senator stepped down for health reasons. And so now this is the first full-time four-year four-year run. And, um, and right now we've had an opportunity to to see what she was going to be doing. She voted for all the things that now have made our communities unsafe. She backed Inslee's plan for him to have his emergency powers. And even when there was an opportunity for them, the legislators, to rein in some of his powers, she voted with the Democratic Party in order for him to keep it. And today, we are still, the state of Washington is still under that mandate. And so... I say that we need to break away from looking to man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put our confidence in man because our confidence in man is going to lead us into a man controlled. So we have to have the freedom that God intended us to have. And that freedom comes from choice. And so therefore, I am asking that people would choose to get us back to the right side of thinking, to get us back on the right track to get us back to the common sense belief and or actions of running our government that will benefit the people, 
not making the government so big and so encompassing that everyone depends on it. So that's what the, the, the political powers that are in office now are trying to do. They're trying to create the opportunities for us to depend on them for every and anything and so that they can control us. And every time some, when man controls man, it never ends well. We have to have the theocracy that there is a God that directs the hearts of man to have goodwill towards each other. And all we got to do is just love one another. Why are we legislating righteousness? And that's what, unfortunately, that seems like we have to do. And I would want to and I want to go into office to represent not only those who vote for me, but those who also didn't vote for me, because I truly believe that we have more in common than what would separate us. I believe if we can find the few things that we can agree upon, fix them like safety, safe communities. Everyone wants to be able to go to the park and enjoy a nice evening in the park without having to worry about their children stepping on hypodermic needles that drug addicts were using. Giving drugs to drug addicts will only make them more addicted and eventually kill them. So that leads us in the wrong direction. We don't need that. We need to have leaders that are willing to say, hey, let's find the things that are good for our common good and move them forward. It's OK to be, a, you know, this this two there's our railroad track has two rails. And so that keeps the, the train on track. So I believe that it's good that we have a, you know, a left and a right, so to speak, because we learn from each other. We find out how we can live in an, an existence where we can move our lives forward for the betterment of humankind. Well, there, in difference of opinion, we're supposed to be where we could debate properly with respect. But uh, the old Democratic Party is gone. John F. Kennedy would not be a Democrat because it's pure, it, it, they're pushing pure violence and socialism, communism. Uh, they let America burn for two years, call it peaceful protest. Mm -hmm. uh, that is not. Uh, they used to have a, you know, a law against communism, mm -hmm. and now they're pushing communistic agendas. Mm -hmm. This is not what it used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is now time. Now time. Do you want lawlessness? Do you want the economy to continue to fall until it collapses? There's a great reset and many people go bankrupt. They move us into a one world government, a new world order. Do you want sheer tyranny? Do you want to be controlled? Do you want to be censored? Or do you want freedom? It is now time. We've got to put the right people into office. God-fearing people. I'm Bernard Moody. I'm a veteran and a law enforcement professional. We all know that defunding the police was a bad idea. Crime, drugs, and homelessness are at an all-time high. My opponent, June Robinson, passed and supported the reckless policies that directly caused this problem. I will fight to end these policies and to work to keep our neighborhoods and families safe. I am Bernard Moody, candidate for state senate, and I ask for your vote. Shannon. Hey, these were two powerful interviews tonight. I'm thankful to be able to hear from these candidates. In fact, as you're doing the program, one person tuning in said, thank you. Now I know how I'm going to vote. We picked up tonight. Wonderful. I tell you what was amazing was the uh, both were awesome testimonies. Well, what was really stood out to me was um, the first gentleman said that if he had not put his name in the ballot, there was nobody to run against that incumbent. 
who had uh, been supporting decisions that have been just about ready to destroy the area up there where you're at. But he decided to do something about it and run. Both of these gentlemen said, there's not anybody coming to save us in the political realm. If we don't stand up and vote, if we don't run for office, then uh, we've got nobody to blame but ourselves. And uh, sadly, there wasn't anybody going to run, so he had to do it himself. And uh, thank God for both these gentlemen. Powerful testimonies, and uh, great to know that they're believers in the Lord. And if you are in that area out there, now you know who you need to vote for. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Also, Shannon, if people look on my website, www.worldministries.org, the last three weeks I have interviewed wonderful men and women that are running for the, for the Senate, state of Washington, uh, House of Representatives, prosecutors, uh, running for U.S. Congress nationwide. So, I mean, I have had a lot of solid, God-fearing, born-again Christians, and, and I've had them on my program, trying to, again, put the right people into office. This is our responsibility. This is part of the Great Commission. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ, ambassadors, and we've got to do our responsibility in this nation and every nation if we want to be free. 100% correct. And again, we do want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I hope you will go to worldministries.org. Get over there and sign up. Become a supporter of these broadcasts, the warning program. Uh, they have many options that you can give. PayPal, Zelle, credit card, check, call in. But um, do that and also become a member of Eagle Saving Nations. Thank you, Dr. Hansen, for letting us be a part of this tonight. Awesome as always. We love and appreciate you all. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. And... Uh... God richly bless you. We continue to pray for your freedom and that uh, God will continue to use you to sound the alarm as you're doing. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. God bless you all. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. 
Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.